Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. When my daughter Hannah was about four or five years old, we were sitting in the living room of our house watching a pro football game on Sunday afternoon. Me in the recliner dozing in and out, her in the floor watching whoever we were watching. And running back runs, makes several jigs, jigs, jags, heads to the end zone for a touchdown. Doing his victory dance in the end zone. I look up from my nap, what a hot dog. She turns around and looks at me kind of funny. Hot dog? He's a prima donna, honey. Prima donna? He's a glory hog. She's still this puzzled look on her face. Too much pride. Okay, too much pride. Well following week we're watching another game similar deal God does a backflip in the end zone after touchdown she looks at me dad too much pride (laughs) too much pride it's amazing in the selfie generation we find ourselves living in how much seemingly uh, innocent on the surface glory we are seeking to find for ourselves that we are known how many likes we get on Facebook or how much response we get to social media, to something we post there. I think we are, the woke culture we're in is seeking self-grandizement and self-satisfaction and self-gratification to the extent that I think even believers are being sucked into that and are forgetting where the glory really needs to go. And the glory needs to go to the Lord. I think if if, if we can learn to reclaim that again and see that afresh, I think our woke culture will see some different Difference, difference in us and out of us. Turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 9. <clears throat> and I'm tr- trying to nurse a head cold today, so I apologize if it, my voice breaks. Well, Luke 9, verses 28 to 36. This is uh, when Jesus was taking them to the mountain to pray. Verse 28 begins, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to them, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, (coughs) one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came uh, from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. I think not crazy occurrence. Had they told anybody, everybody would have said, yeah, right, good deal. Hang on to that. Before things today, I want us to see from this text about the glory of God. The verse is this, is the glory of God changes our appearance. 
Look at 29 and 30 again. It changes our appearance. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes <coughs> excuse me, became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. The appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Another translation refers to this as he was transfigured before them, meaning that his figure changed. The countenance of his face, even the shape of his face and body changed into a glorified state. Uh, that's what he's talking about there. His, it, he was changed. He was different. They noticed that. They recognized that. And notice that the vehicle or the portal to this transformation of his is prayer. That begs two questions. One is this. Have you ever been caught up in the glory of God in prayer or, or, or in some other occurrence? Have you ever been caught up in the glory of God? If you're saved, if you're a believer, you have at least once. But what about since then? Have there been moments? Are there regular moments in your life, in your walk, where you're caught up in the glory of God? Perhaps driving down the road and a song does that to you, or uh, hopefully you experience the glory of God week after week here at church. Have, have there been moments in your life where you, you are caught up and even caught away in, in the sense that you're oblivious to anything and everything else going on around you, and all you can, can know and experience in that moment is God's glory? Uh, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you, as I say, you've done that once. But, but uh, the, the glory being, uh, being from him, to, to him from us. So uh, if I experience that glory by totally emptying myself of him, of myself at salvation even, and setting myself aside, is that the vehicle to, to, to experiencing that again? Emptying myself and setting myself aside. Second question is this is if prayer was a method for Jesus' transformation, shouldn't that be the method, method for ours too? If, if it was prayer that transformed him, that transfigured him to where he, he was even looked in his countenance was different to, to Peter, James, and John, is prayer the vehicle for us? Is, is, is it the portal to that, to that glorified state? Could, could that be the case for us? Listen to these words from Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Significant phrase there, because I wonder if those in your world and my world that we face, we work with day, to day, day after day, those in, that you see socially or at the bank or the grocery store, or family or extended family, I wonder if there are moments where we experience with God at church on Sunday, for example, or through the week, that the next person we see after that experience knows something has been different. Knows something has changed about us. It's in our countenance. It's in our attitude. It may be in our speech or speech patterns. But notice a change in us. Something is different about us. That's what they said of Peter and John. They had been with Jesus, and these men know, uh, were noticed because they had been with him. They were different because of it. And our exposure to the glory of God should make us different. Glory experienced is glory revealed. When we experience his glory, that glory should take on a revelation through us and around us and uh, uh, to others that we come in contact with. But it, sh it, it should change our appearance, first of all. But secondly, the glory of God is revealed when we are fully awake, when we are fully woke. Look at verse 32. It says there, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. They became fully awake and saw his glory. Now, Jesus 
intentionally brings these three guys into this experience so that they couldn't just witness from afar, but be a part of, experience, be engaged in, in, in this, this moment of his extraordinary glory. So why in the world would they be dozing in and out of sleep? Well, good question. My opinion is, is consider the, the life they had lived for these probably three plus years by this point with Jesus. They had experienced dozens of miracles, dozens of people healed. At this point, at least, at least two people raised from the dead, if not more. And you can, you can kind of get the gist of, they're, they're kind of used to the extraordinary. They're used to, to things happening outside of the realm of, of what's normal. And so this is, was just another one to them, although they're about to be changed significantly. But you, you, you can kind of put yourself in their shoes, seeing what they'd witnessed. That's why here this verse says, they really didn't comprehend his glory until they were fully awake. Until they, until they were awake, alert, and aware. I talked to you about that last week a little bit. In, in terms of our, when we wake up, we're awake, but we're not alert and are seldom aware. After we wake up, whether a shower does it for us, whether a cup of coffee does it for us, whether it's both, we're a little more aware, a little more alert, but less aware. But we become fully aware when, when we are, have gotten out of our morning routine, we're heading to work, we're heading someplace else. And the bed is the last thing on our, or at least it should be the last thing on our mind when we're heading to work. But we are, we are then fully awake, fully alert, and fully aware. And we, we find ourselves here with Peter, James, and John, them kind of in a, in a groggy state, doping, uh, dosing in doping, dosing in and out uh, of, of sleep. Um, yet when they become fully awake, fully alert, and fully aware, they finally get it. I mean, it dings for them of what's going on in front of them and around them. Uh, they really didn't, didn't get it. So here's a question I want to pose to you. What has spiritually lulled you to sleep such that you don't see, even recognize the glory of God anymore? What is it in your, in your life that has pulled you aside, and perhaps not all at once, perhaps over time, a step here, a step there, and 10 steps and 20 steps later, we find ourselves removed from the presence of God, the power of God, the glory of God, and wonder what happened. I didn't, I didn't, how did I get here? I didn't intend to, to, to walk to this place. Yet the, the enemy over time has taken us on a journey away from the glory of God to where we can't recognize his glory, whether he uses career or work or something like that to do that, whether it's money, whether it's toys, whether it's a hobby of some kind, or whether it's, uh, as Tony Evans says, just the same old, same old of getting up, eating the same old breakfast and taking the same, in that same old shower and going to the same old job and doing the same old thing, coming back to the same old house eating the same old dinner, watching the same old TV, going to the same old bed and getting up the next day and doing the same old thing. Sometimes the same old, same old will get us in, in a routine and a rut to where if God wanted to speak, he'd have to, hey, shout at us to, to, to get our attention because we've grown into a comfortable place, into a predictable place, and for him to speak to us, he's, he's got to speak through the comfort and around the prediction to get, to, to get our attention uh, it's, it's time, in fact, it's past time for us to get woke to his glory again and to visit that afresh. Thirdly, the glory of God changes our appearance. It's revealed when we're fully awake, when we're fully woke. But thirdly, the glory of God dissipates everything but itself. It dissipates everything but itself. Look at verse 34. This while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid 
as they entered the cloud. A cloud appeared and covers them up. Covers them up to the extent that, that they can't see anything or each other, I think. Uh, now, you talk about an attention getter. How would you like to be standing a ways down on the mountain? There is Jesus and what appears to be Moses and Elijah, all three in a glorified state, almost unrecognizable from when they walked up. They see that, witness that, are caught up in the glory of that moment. Then a cloud covers them where they can't see that anymore or each other anymore. I, I guarantee you that would, that would get their attention. It certainly would mine. What's the point? The point's this. Periodic isolation, whether it's intentional or whether it's accidental, and I, I say accidental in quotes because nothing happens in the life of a believer by accident. Nothing. God intends to use everything that happens in your life, either he's caused it or allowed it, to speak to you to, to, be, to, to be used in some way. But whether, the, whether that isolation is intentional, whether it's accidental, it is always, always a good thing. It, 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 it's a needed, necessary thing for us to get alone, to get away, to, 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 to separate ourselves from the mundane, from the same old, same old, from the, from the routine, from the rut, to allow ourselves to experience the glory of God afresh. Whatever that looks like for you. If you, if, if you have to get a planner out and plan it, if you've got to stick a note in your phone to remind you to take you know, 20, 30 minutes of this day and get away. Uh, whether that's in your car, whether that's in some isolated place, whether that's outside, whether that's like me uh, or, and sometimes Leanne on a lawnmower uh, with just nothing but the drone of that engine and, and the voice of God to speak. Whatever it takes to, for you to get to that place, I encourage you to get to that place because that, that is when God can, can uh, get our attention and speak to us in, in a, in a an amazing way. Uh, it's, it, it is, as, as I say, not just advisable, but necessary for us to do that. Let me give you a couple of pieces of, of advice as you do. The first of which is this. Try to always have a copy of the scripture with you, even if it's just on your phone. Try to have a copy of the scripture with you because if God is starting to speak to you, uh, he will most often use his word or, secondly, remind you of his word. Or he'll speak to you by way of his spirit or in, in, sometimes in tandem with his word and his spirit, using both of those elements to speak to you. But always have a copy of the scriptures to you. The second piece of advice that I would give you is, as you pray, do as much listening as you do talking. It's amazing to me how busy our prayer life is. We're trying to think of the next word to say to impress God or impress somebody else we're praying around or near. It's, it's, it's really wiser if we do more listening in, in that prayer time than talking. Now, if you're in a place where there's a lot of distractions, that's not going to be very productive. But if you're in a place where there, there, there are a few auditory distractions, at least, as you pray, do as much listening as you talk. talking. Give him some space. Give, give the Holy Spirit some space to speak to you, to confirm to you, to bring peace to you, to, to, to reveal himself to you, to, to reveal his plan, his will, a purpose, a direction about a decision you're praying about. Give him some space to answer. Give him some space to speak, some time to speak. Some opportunity even again to point you to the word, to the scripture, uh, to, to, to find that answer. We don't need to, to stay in isolation though because that's, that's dangerous as well. Isolation, as I said, is a good thing. Just don't stay there. Why? Because we were, according to scripture, certainly in the book of Acts, we were called and wired for community. Each of us were wired for connection with someone else. And so that connection is vital if we're to, to see and glean something in isolation to, to fill the sponge up in isolation and get with others and squeeze it out. And to go back with, along with him again and pick up more in isolation and go back with others and squeeze it out. There, there, is, there is great benefit to this, this idea of our 
hearing from God, sharing that with others, and getting and gleaning their experience of doing the same thing. He's designed us for that. Uh, I want to encourage you, though, to plan those times. Again, if you need to put it in your phone, write yourself a note, put your sticky note on on the mirror in the morning where you'll see it. Plan those times of isolation. Plan those times of being in the cloud where you're isolated from anything and everybody else and guard them because they're, they're necessary. They're, they're meaningful, should be, in your life. It, it, uh, the glory of God dissipates everything but itself. It changes our appearance. It reveals when we're fully awake and fully awoke. Uh, but it dissipates everything else. But fourthly, the glory of God bears witness to itself. It bears witness to itself. Well, if you get it, uh, verse 35. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Not enough that this cloud just totally isolates them and they can't see their hand in front of their face. Now there's a voice in the cloud. Put yourself in that situation. A voice speaks from the cloud. This is my son whom I've chosen. Listen to him. Uh, this, this, this voice, it, of course, is the voice of God speaking to them about his son Jesus. Uh, and he makes a qualifying statement and gives a command. The qualify, qualifying statement is, this is my son. That's why you know it's God the Father. This is my son whom I have chosen. In essence, he's speaking to Jesus' deity. This is my son. He's speaking to his godness. He's speaking to his holiness, to his perfection, the fact that he is all God, all man, both at the same time. Then the command he gives them is to listen to him. To listen to him. Now, they're not making any noise now. I was hoping they would be when I got to this point. A while ago, the kids downstairs were making some noise, and you probably heard some of that, and it thrills me to death that they're having a great time down there. I wish they were louder sometimes. Did I, did I say that out loud? I, <laughs> I'm glad they're having a good time either way. But we, I, I hear that sometimes on Sundays, as do you. I can't hear what's being said or a word or, or, or anything necessarily, but I hear, I hear children. I hear that, hear that noise. Sometimes you'll hear some fans upstairs going on in the balcony. Those guys have a hot job up there on Sundays. There's no, I mean, they're close to the ceiling, so got fans going to try and keep them cool. And you hear some of the drones, some, some of the motor drones, but you don't distinguish what that is until you're listening for it. You hear it. It's background noise. Walk, walk, walking into a mall and you're... But you, you don't distinguish words that people are saying because you're not listening for them. Huge difference between hearing something and listening for it. That's why he says... This is my son. He's totally holy. He's totally God. He's totally me. Listen to him. Don't just hear what he has to say. Listen. Follow along. Be intentional about it. He's demanding their total attention, their total devotion, their total engagement. That's the reason for putting them in this cloud of isolation in the first place. And so it wasn't to confuse them, wasn't to make them afraid at all. It was to give them clarity, give them understanding, give them insight. And that's where we get that from the voice of God when he speaks. It was the glory of God bearing witness to itself, to himself in Jesus, and not just to wow them, but to teach them more about himself, about his nature, about who he was, what they were experiencing, this, this transformation, and they, can, they, they too will experience. Uh, and it wasn't just to get them see, to see, well, he, he was a remarkable man, wasn't he? No, it was to get them to see he is God. This is God I've been walking around with for three years. This isn't just a nice guy. And sure, he's fully human and eats and drinks and sweats and stinks and has body odor. And, but it's God I'm walking around. He's all man and all God. That's what he was trying to get them to see. 
because they can and it should be do and, and we can and should be living the same way as fully human yet carrying divinity around in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. A huge message, a huge get for them. As we wrap, I want to ask a question and give you an observation. The question is this, it's obvious. How long has it been since you've been awakened to the glory of God? I'm not talking about awakened in the middle of the night. But how long has it been since you've been, perhaps it was in the middle of the night, but how long has it been since you've been awakened to the glory of God? To his glory in the sense that you, you knew and sensed and felt even something supernatural going on. Couldn't even describe it perhaps, but knew it was a glory moment. If salvation has been that last moment for you, I want to encourage you to, to find some isolation again. To get, to get in a cloud where you can't see or hear or, or touch anything else. Where you're totally alone and isolated and, and allow room and space for God to speak to you again. Perhaps he hadn't done in years, in some cases, maybe even decades. If, it, if, if your last experience has been a salvation and you saw and experienced his glory, get alone, get away, plan it. Give some time for God to reveal himself to you. Final, finally, get this as well. I believe with all my heart that God's plan for this broken, pagan, woke culture of ours is for them to see his glory and to see that glory through me and you. That's his design according to his, according to his word, I believe. But we can't reveal, we can't expose, we can't bring openness to something we've not experienced for ourselves. We've got to experience him to be able to share him. We've got to know him to be able to tell others about him. As we experience his glory, we can and should in turn share that glory, reveal it. In fact, you won't even have to try. If you, if you are on a, on a regular diet of experiencing God's glory in a regular way, perhaps in a regular place even, as, as I said a few moments ago, the next person, next encounter you see, people will notice it. I guarantee you they will. They'll see it in you. They'll see it in your face. They'll see it in your countenance. They'll hear it, hear it in your voice and how you talk, in your speech, in your patterns. They'll see it in your attitude. Uh, they'll see it in how you work. Uh, they'll, they'll notice it. I guarantee you if you're consistent to, to get some alone time with him and see and experience, be intentional about waiting and waiting and waiting as long as necessary to see and experience the glory of God. It'll change you. I promise you it will. And it'll change those around you. I promise you that. Let's pray. Father, there are a lot of things the church needs to get woke to, one of which is we need to reclaim the importance of coming alone, coming, getting alone with you, to see and experience your glory. Uh, th this, sto this story not only transfigured you on the mountain, but transformed Peter, James, and John. Uh, they became the hub, the nucleus of, of the New Testament church. And we're here this morning meeting because those three guys had a walk with you that couldn't be challenged or changed. We're grateful for that. We're grateful for the, your exposure of your glory to them such that it changed them eternally and should us eternally as well. As we open your word, as you, you reveal yourself to us by way of your spirit and your word, would we seize those moments? Would we look at, cherish them, and plan for them again and again and again? Why? Because this world around us is lost. Don't even know they're lost. We're still looking for a goodness scale. If I'm good enough, God will like me and let me in. If I'm not, he won't. They're still carrying a goodness scale around in their mind, and it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with knowing you as our Savior. And so as, as we do, and if we do, help us to not just wait on your return to experience glory again, the only glory we, we've experienced since salvation. Help us to set aside time and place 
to chase after that, to seek it, to make it a priority, and then to live it out once we have experienced it. When we do, not only are we changed, our culture's changed, our, our environment has changed, those around us, the situations has changed, even among the circumstances that haven't. But you've changed us in the middle of circumstances that should change us, and it's been you instead. Help us to walk out that truth, live out that glory in front of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.